Welcome to Learning Unboxed Special Edition. This is your host, Annalise Corbin of the Past Foundation. The Learning Unboxed Special Edition is a set of quick podcasts that address an urgent or specific need within our community. And today, we're tackling the transition from traditional classroom to virtual instruction with Jeff Schneider. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you. So Jeff is a past teaching and learning coach as part of our school design team and better yet, Jeff is a veteran virtual teacher with tons of experiences, do's, don'ts, and so much more for us to think about to be successful in making this switch. So Jeff, let's start with you have indeed, you, you are not just a, a veteran, but um, a, um, a bit of a virtual instructing road warrior because you've done it in every configuration I can imagine, and you've been doing it for years. Tell us just high-level overview. Tell us about that. Oh, I have, I've taught virtually in um, rural South Dakota on Native American reservations, in large schools and small schools, in Ohio. Um, I've done synchronous virtual meaning that I had a class in front of me and a class digitally in front of me um, got up to as many as three schools at one time doing it that way and not only teaching my content but also my wife and I were combined teaching English and science together at the same time in three schools so teaching virtually your own class all by itself is really not that hard after you've been there. <laughs> and just to be really clear, so there's no misunderstanding, because I actually witnessed Jeff and Mary um, teach this way. So wh when he says, you know, um, multiple classes uh, being taught together in more than one school at the same time, he's literally talking all at the same time. Um, so he really does truly understand the space. So many of us um, in this country and around the world are sitting in right now going, oh my gosh, how do I switch from my traditional teaching that I know and I'm comfortable in into this wild, wild west of teaching and learning. And who better to help us with that than uh, Mr. Schneider from the wild, wild west. <laughs> Truly the digital desperado. Truly the digital desperado. So Jeff, let's just dig right in. So um, we know that teachers are, are all, like I said, across the country, around the world, uh, making this shift out of necessity because of what's going on in the world right now today. So how does a teacher thinking, how does a teacher's thinking need to change as we move quickly into online education? So what, what is the high level things that as that teacher um, that I need to, to be thinking about or to adjust right now in this moment to be able to launch successfully? Um, if we were building an outline right now, the, the words that I would want to put on the top line is control and flexibility. What do you mean by that? You are no longer able to control a classroom the way you did. Your presence, your personality, your standing behind them doesn't change their behavior. You can't do that. You're not in the same room anymore. The, um, the students that you're dealing with are probably in their living room, probably in front of a TV, probably within arm's reach of some type of gaming device. <laughs> the distractions are innumerable. 
they may be fighting with their siblings over the tech so that they can be on class to be online at the same time. You, you just have to let go and understand I no longer have control the way I did before. You can have a different kind of control, but that requires you to be flexible. You just have to roll with the punches, as they say. You can no longer stand in front of your classroom and do direct instruction. You have to flex that as well. You have to think short time spurts. If you're gonna be in charge, if you're gonna do direct, it has to be a short time span, but also you're gonna to have to record that because maybe not all of your students can be online at the same time. So there's another way you have to be flexible. You can't do the same type of lessons that you can do live in a classroom. So you have to be flexible that way. Your lessons are gonna to need to be more, here's what I want you to do, and now go do it. So lots of instructing and providing the opportunity for kiddos to sort of dig in and understand what the lesson is, but then sending them off to actually do the lesson independent of you and then coming back to you. That's one of the big sort of mind shifts that happens in this environment, yes? Yes, literally. I think of it as, as a setup. If you watch a TV show, the, the first few minutes are always the setup. There's always a problem, and, and the hero's going to have to be going out and finding some kind of a solution for it. And I think of it very much like that. When it's a great way to think about it. I've not heard somebody articulate it quite that way, but you're right, Jeff. Yeah, you know, the teacher's setting it up, and the kid gets to go be the hero. Yeah, it's, it's just like MacGyver. Whether you <laughs> like the old one or the new one, it's just like MacGyver. In the beginning, there's always something. And the teacher may need to do some direct. You may need to do it once and record it so that those that can't be online with you can come back and see it when they're able to. But you have to have that setup, that thing you want your students to go do, and then you have to just drop it and assume that they're going to go do it, which leads to a whole nother basket of problems and that we need to talk about what our students need to do that was my next question. How do you set your students up to so that they know that they have to think differently as well? Because back to your point, you're going to send them off and you're going to hope, you know, we're this whole set of, con, of constraints we can do as the instructor in that moment, not do a dang thing about, right? You know, whether it's I'm arguing with my sibling or we only have one computer or the, the bandwidth and both my parents are also working remotely and we're all trying to use the internet at the same time, right? Uh, plus a host of other things we haven't even thought about. Uh, right. that, that interact into it. But, but as instructors, we have the ability to, to set a set of parameters and expectations and a sort of mindset. We create that ecosystem. We can't control who lives in it with us, but we actually build the ecosystem itself. So what is it that we tell the students to help them be successful inside that ecosystem? Our students today, and especially in, in a digital setting, need to be independent problem solvers. And we know that 99 and 44% of them are not, but they can be. We need to set them up, give them the tools and the freedom to go try things and fail and figure out what failed and then figure out what they want to try next. 
and it it really follows the design cycle mm -hmm. really closely in that our students need to go and do and try whether they fail because of their behaviors or a lack of grit or whether they run into academic issues whether they run into tech issues we can't know that we can't plan for all of that ahead of time we can plan for some of it but we can't plan for all of it so we need to tell them that they're macgyver they need to go and figure out how to get a solution to the problems that we give them and they need to document everything if we tell them that one thing and they go and document everything we're going to hit almost all of their English standards before we get back to face-to-face -face instruction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They need yeah. to curate. They need to be academically curious and they need to be tenacious. They need to get after it and find an answer somehow and then well, learn how to reach out when they can. Exactly. And I would also like to add, because I just used this with my high school student who is now in, in virtual classes, right? He came in all very proud because, hey, he just decided to get something done. And I'm like, awesome. And now you're finished with school because the reality is virtual instruction for the most part doesn't actually take as long. We don't have all that process stuff, right? There's a lot of extra time built into school because we're all together and just the logistics of that require additional time, right? So the reality of it is, you know, if you, if you can help kids learn how to be smart, in that environment, in that ecosystem, they can actually complete um, in a very timely fashion, right? Um, and so they can gain some time for some of those other things if that becomes an incentive that you need to use. Let's talk a little bit, Jeff, about the logistics of a digital classroom, right? Because I, that's the other question. I know we've got teachers and schools reaching out to pass right now saying, oh my gosh, can you help us with this? And the answer, of course, is yes, we can. But, but you've worked in and around a lot of digital environments, right? And so let's talk a little bit, what are some of the just high level logistics things off the, off the top that we should be mindful of as we get ready to do this thing? Or maybe we've started and it's not quite working. Um, so how do we make the, what, what do we shift? And more flexibility, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. You, you have to do face-to-face. It, as teachers, I, I don't know if we can live without it. So when you do face-to-face, -face, you need to do a, a video conference, very much like we are right now. Um, and which platform you use is completely up to you. It doesn't really matter. I would highly suggest that you get one that allows you to record so that when you do face-to-face, -face, you can record it and the kids that miss don't have to miss. They can just pick it up asynchronously at, at a time that they're able to join you, um, which, which leads me to that, that lecture that so many people just can't let go of that, that our kids need at times. Even if we, um, as you know, I'm, I'm completely a problem-based teacher, but I still have to lecture at times when my kids run into a roadblock, when they've run into an issue that, that they're not able to cognitively pick up on quickly and, and I get the same question two or three times in class. I'll just stop class and go to the board and we'll have a little, I, I call them chalk talks. We'll, we'll discuss that one topic. We'll get everyone over the hump and then I'll let them go on their own path again. 
looking for a solution. But that disseminating information in, in a digital world is a, di a video recording. Mm -hmm. and, and the kids want to see your face. Mm -hmm. no yeah, they, they're, much, they, they're on YouTube all the time, right? They're watching absolutely. other people play video games for goodness sake. So the reality of it is they want to see you. Yes, they do. And people like me, I don't want to be seen. I would very <laughs> much rather not, but that's what the kids want. And it's our job to, to teach them. Ultimately at the 30,000 foot level, our job is to teach them how to not need us anymore. Mm -hmm. That's so when you've been need, successful, right? Exactly. They need to be able to walk across the stage of graduation and say, thank you very much. I got this. I don't need you anymore. So your assignments, um, you're going to need a learning management system of some kind. You can try to do it on your own. It's, it's going to fail. Find a learning management system if your school doesn't already require you to get one and just pick one and go. You're, you're also going to need some time for discussion, for questions and answers. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't necessarily have to be synchronous either. That can be an asynchronous chat forum mm -hmm. where a kid throws out a question and maybe another student answers that question before the teacher even sees it. Which and is what, the best learning. That's that exactly. near peer mentoring, right? If, if the teacher sets it up, hey, anybody can answer this question. If you answer it incorrectly, I'll correct it for us all. Absolutely. And the best thing that could happen is someone answers it incorrectly and a different student answers it correctly. And if you can get them to do that and be nice to each other while they're doing that, you hit all of the social emotional learning standards too. Hmm. Excellent. Excellent. How do you give them work and let them do it in their own time with whatever resources and, and know on the flip side that I guess I could ask this question a thousand different ways, but putting my teacher hat on what I'm, what I know everybody's really asking is, is how do I know what to assess beyond the giving a test? And we can give tests pre and post, right? And, and digital, uh, traditional, you know, um, online tests. That's, that's, that everybody can figure out. I'm asking about the other pieces, right? That people want to know, how, how do I truly assess if I'm being successful in this environment? Well, in the, in the teacher world, they, they love buzzwords. So there are assessments for learning and assessments of learning. And what you're asking about is an assessment of learning in its truest sense. And what we need teachers to do is to stop a second, just take a beat and think about what does it mean an assessment of learning we need to figure out a way that a student can prove that they learned something. And in my world, I don't care how they prove it. I might require at the beginning of the year that they use a PowerPoint, but the next thing I'm going to do is tell them they can't use PowerPoint to show me that they've learned. So I'm going to force my students into all the different mediums that, that are available in our school through our technology. So for teachers out there, how do you assess learning? You assess the learning and it doesn't matter how. At the third grade level, if you're teaching specifically math, that's gonna look different than if you're teaching at the 10th grade level, assessing specifically English. So for me to give you one answer that, that hits everyone, the answer is to just go assess their learning. 
find a way that works for you and for your students and for your tech and for the requirements of your school. Find that way. Well, you're all teachers. Everybody out there can do this. It's a matter of being flexible enough to look at it and say, I'm not giving a test. I'm assessing learning. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeff, for uh, taking a few minutes out of your day to share with us, um, you know, your thoughts about being a, a road warrior virtual uh, teacher. Um, we will uh, post Jeff's uh, email address, and uh, Jeff is also hosting a number of different webinars over um, this week and probably uh, a coming moments. Um, he uh, frequently does uh, virtual workshops, um, so to speak, uh, and teaching opportunities um, all around this very thing, how to be a great problem-based instructor, uh, instructor in the 21st century. So again, Jeff, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Thank you.